Hi, and welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Mark Sheeran and I will be talking today about what else? Addiction. Um, we're Today we're going to focus on um, like interventions and forcing people to go into treatment and the inherent problems with that. Um, and also we, we get to work with a lot of people who have been repeatedly forced into treatment and then sometimes they're even forced to come here. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk about our experiences with that. We wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap, and the Freedom Model for the Family to help people to learn how they can overcome addiction, or rather than overcome, to help them learn how they can solve it and move on with their lives. We offer an incredible opportunity to work with us directly in private one-on-one classes. You can learn about all of our products at thefreedommodel.org. All right, so there's... There's a lot of times when somebody has a substance use problem and their loved ones are scared for them, right? They're scared for their life and they want to be able to, well, force them to change. So they hire all kinds of interventionists and spend a lot of money. And anybody who's ever watched the show Intervention can see that it's a horrendous shit show. Um, I don't think there's, is there any other disease on the planet where everybody gets in a room and tells the person what a piece of shit they are so that they will get to, in an effort to try and make them better? Uh, I don't think so. So what are your thoughts, Mark? Well, I think that, that, you know, in 31 years of helping people with addiction, like we've been doing, we've seen all kinds of bizarre yeah. situations. And I think that uh, uh, the unfortunate thing is that um, because addiction or substance use is frowned upon in our culture, it allows people to abuse each other. Yes. It allows uh, families to go down a path where they try to manipulate and coerce people into treatment. And I, I understand why. I do I, too. I get it. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's not that effective. Now, here's, here's what's interesting. Some people, about, I would say, 10% of the people that come to the St. Jude Retreat, that come to where the Freedom Model is taught here, um, are coerced. Yeah. Now, now we, don't, we don't do interventions. We don't um, advocate for that. But regardless, people, families might strong-arm somebody to come here. And the families will ask me, you know, if we push, if we push Johnny to come here, um, is he going to see any benefit in it? Because the last three times we sent him to rehab, he hated it, you know. And um, we are successful with these people where treatment isn't for this reason. If somebody is being forced into treatment, they obviously have some sort of problem. Right. Now, they may disagree with their family on the the severity of it or something, but there's obviously some issue at hand. Um, And then they get here and... The difference between us and treatment is significant because we don't have to manipulate anybody because we don't have an ego to have to do that. We don't have to convince somebody against their will because our model isn't trying to convince them of anything. Other than their own inherent abilities to do what they want. That's right. So it's almost like we're on their side. It is. <laughs> you see, so so they get here and they're very defensive, obviously, um, initially, and they're scared, they're annoyed, they're pissed off at their family, and then they sit down and within 10 to 20 minutes, they're shocked to realize that 
myself or Michelle uh, will sit down with them and say, listen, we're not going to convince you to stop drinking and drugging. We're not here to tell you that abstinence is what we're going to try and push you into. Um, we're not going to try to push you into moderation. We're not going to try to push you into heavy use again. We're not going to try and push you into anything because we don't push. No. Uh, our mission is not to push anybody. It's to show you that you're capable of change. And and it really is that simple, you know. And when they realize that, first of all, they're not sitting in a in an old rehabbed mental hospital, which is where a lot of rehabs are. Oh yeah. And that there's not a bunch of clinical staff hovering over them, and that they're not going to be on the hot seat in group therapy, uh, you know, three hours a day, and that they have their own room, and that they have their own privacy, and that they can keep their cell phone, and that we're not going to treat them. We're like not going to publicly humiliate them. Right. And they're not going to have to deal with a roommate they don't get along with because they have their own room, their own bathroom. You know, these may seem like insignificant things, but I'm telling you, because um, I've been in treatment and and it sucks when you're when you're forced in. Number one. Secondly, when you're put into a situation that is really wholly unhealthy, because a rehab environment is terribly unhealthy. And uh, and then people come here and they realize, oh my God, I, I, this is nothing like what I expected. Um, they're shocked. And so it doesn't take long for people to realize the value of something if you're not manipulating them. Right. Now, the reason that rehabs have to manipulate is because their message sucks so bad. The image and the narrative of recovery is so unappetizing that they need to capture you. They need to take away your cell phone because they know if you have your cell phone, you'll be getting drugs because that seems like the better alternative. They know you'll be relentlessly calling the family that, that just pushed you into this to take you out of the facility, and you'll get a ride and get the hell out of there. So rehabs have learned from a financial model to take away cell phones, take away tablets, and say it's for your own good. And cut off your, your contact. Um, oftentimes, even with the people that got you there, um, they, they there's a lot of times you have to earn the privilege to be able to talk to people that you love, talk to your family and outside world, and and create this false environment where you're sheltered to the point of, you know, like just basically being in a closet. Yeah, yeah. It's the reason that people say, you know, why does rehab feel like uh, jail? You know, it's the only quote unquote disease. We know it's not a disease, by the way. Um, but they're selling this disease ideal um, where you're punished. Where you're punished. You're locked up so you don't have the symptoms of your disease. It's it's truly remarkable and it's interesting. Now, here's here's one of our challenges. When, we, when people are um, forced to be here because probably, let's face it, one in five people end up coming here because of some kind of ultimatum, even to our retreat. But most of those people have been to multiple treatment facilities and rehabs over the years and and so they're jaded um they're yeah. very they're very frightened about what to expect we're instantly the enemy um so we have to overcome all of these obstacles um not to mention then it becomes very very important for us to 
basically show them undo the damage that has been done to them in rehabs and show them you've ne- even though you truly feel out of control you've never been out of control and you probably felt more out of control with each rehab stint um in each time that you tried to maintain recovery or abstinence and failed that reinforced in your mind that all those treatment people were right um that you're weak mm, and powerless point. and um, and none of it is true. It's a complete illusion that has been created for you by the treatment industry. So, so you're bringing up a really good a good point. One of the one of the reasons that people get comfortable quick here, even if they're they're coerced or or pushed under some ultimatum by their family or loved one, spouse, whatever, um, is because when they walk in the door, I give them the Freedom Model book and workbook series, right? right? And they're given a, an entire uh, welcome packet. And they're kind of shocked by that because every single other rehab, it was a production of personalities. And what I mean by that is the model in rehab mm. is talk therapy. Yes. And because it's talk therapy, it's one person talking to another, a counselor talking down to a patient, right? Just think yes. about those terms, patient, you're a patient. Um, when they come here, they're our guest. And the philosophy is you're my guest and I'm here to serve you, which is different than I'm your counselor and you're my patient. And you're going to do what I tell you to do. Right. And if the personality of the counselor or the training or the the way in which they um, perform this confrontational model that is so pervasive in, in treatment, if if that doesn't jive with the, with the guest, with their patient, um, then you got four weeks of hell. <clears throat> Sorry. So uh, I think that that when they come here, because we have a book, because we have a curriculum that that basically teaches on its own merits. <laughs> that that it does. Right. So so there is no ambiguity. There is no personality in a book. There is just the facts. So we're giving them, so I'll hand the book to them. We'll have a short, <clears throat> sorry, I got a frog in my throat. They'll have a short orientation. And then they'll, uh, I say, you know what, just go up and read the preface. And then they'll, be, they'll come down and they'll go, oh my God, this is so different. You know, the whole experience is so different. Now we do get people who come in and they've been so brainwashed for lack of a better term into this idea that they have to be abstinent from all substances that they have to live a trigger-free life um that they're weak and powerless that that becomes you know right from go if you start our, our book you learn that look don't make a decision for the rest of your life right now Fig like just be open-minded to the possibilities for your life that's what we <clears throat> We tell people to do right from go. So that's hard for a lot of people to do that have been forced into treatment. And, you know, one of the things that that families struggle with too, and one of the reasons that I wrote the family book is because the way our book starts out, which is that anyone can moderate. And a lot of families, when they find us, they're very excited to know that we're different, but they're very concerned that, oh, you're going to tell this person they can drink. Um, or use heroin moderately. I mean, who does that? And it's like, well, what we're going to tell them is the truth. And and so I'll get people that'll come here or even families that'll send someone here and they'll say, you have to tell them they can't drink. Or I'll get a guest that'll say, look, you have to tell me I can't, that I can't moderate. I'm not somebody that can moderate. And, and my answer is I'm not, 
I'm not going to tell you that because it's not true. And then I ask the question. I'm like, well, how many people have told you that in the past? To, to, to abstain. To abstain, that you have to abstain. You're somebody that can't moderate. And they'll usually say, well, you know, three treatment programs, two counselors, six sponsors, you know, they'll go 20 years with my family. (laughs) Yeah. They'll (laughs) go through a litany of people that have already told them that. And I'm like, well, here we are. So clearly, you know, the idea that somebody telling you, you must abstain hasn't been helpful to you. Um, You know, so, so we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that because it's not true. Uh, Clearly it's not true because you have been still using at the level you want to what we're going to do and and I'll say to people if you want abstinence I can help you get there but it's the same process as helping you to get to moderation well yeah yeah and so so it's important for people to know that we're not when Michelle's saying this if you're a new listener you might be thinking that we're a moderation program we're not we're not advocating for moderation and we're not advocating for abstinence and we're not advocating for uh, continued heavy use. What we're advocating is that you have a choice and always have and that you've always been in control and to recognize that so that you can make informed decisions moving forward. The problem is is that in rehab you're taught that you're powerless. So the narrative is that the drug has power, you don't have power, and they personify the drugs to have this uh, elusive, cunning, baffling, powerful quality about it. And it takes all the responsibility for choice-making and decision-making out of the person and puts it in the drug, which is a bizarre religion to, to adhere to. It's craziness. It's a, it's a belief system that's not based in fact. So, um, so all we're doing is providing the full array of facts, and that is right. you can moderate if you want to. A lot of people will say, well, yeah, I want to moderate, but really they don't want to moderate. They just want to not have consequences, and still they have an appetite for heavy use. So we have to, we have to work through that problem. It yeah. might be that issue. Um, but the point is is that you know, when somebody comes into our doors or is doing, <clears throat> doing freedom model private instruction, they know, wow, this is different because every option is available to me. You know, they're shocked by that. And that we would even utter the words moderation because that's the great heresy. That's, that's for sure. That's the one word that strikes fear in any rehab across the country um, because they want it black and white. They want control. And that is you better abstain or you're going to die. Jails, institutions, or death. And that's an easy thing. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a frog in my throat. That's an easy thing for people to to for counselors to push because it's black and white. Well, I want to go back to something that you said about um, about moderation because we'll, we'll say that all the time and people people misunderstand it when we say uh, you know you can moderate if you if that's what you want to do. Um, what we mean by that is, do you see value in one or two drinks? Do you see value in only using cocaine, uh, you know, on the weekends and in a very, you know, a little bit? Um, Do you see value in less use in adjusted substance use? Um, The the majority of people who have a strong preference for heavy use, their preference is for intoxication itself. It's less about... Um, this, a lot of times less about the substance they're using. It's more about the feeling that they're getting. Um, and that's their, that's what they want. And so of course I, when I was drinking heavily and using all kinds of drugs, um, I didn't see value. I, I definitely 
would say to people, I, it'd be great if I could, you know, use like other people um, and not go overboard and not get crazy. Um, but the truth of the matter was I had a really strong preference for being intoxicated. Um, however I got there, it didn't matter to me. And, um, and so, so there's a whole lot of other things and that's what we have to get to the heart of is what is it that you really like about it? What is your preference? Is your preference? And and a lot of times it's, there's a whole fantasy built around the way you use, you know, the ritual that you go through, um, the feelings that you get, the fantasies that you have. Mark does a really great module called the binge construct, um, that he wrote that's going to be in our second edition of our book. And, um, and it really gets to the heart of all of that and helps you see this is what I like about this activity and the way that I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I think that that, as you can tell, that's completely different from what, what a rehab does, which is, like I said, they put you in what I call the black box, which is abstinence or your life. You yeah. Know? And um, that just doesn't work because humans are not motivated by consequences and costs for very long. They're motivated by their pursuit of happiness, by the benefits they see in use or the benefits they see in abstinence or the benefits they see in moderation. And it's by comparison. We compare models. We compare options. And we're perpetually doing this uh, throughout throughout the uh, the process. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a totally, totally different different way of seeing things. Yeah, it really is. So so this isn't this isn't an ad for for this the retreat or for the freedom model as much as this is I'm I'm going to I want to explain why forcing people into treatment is it treatment itself is so ineffective um because the treatment model is an extension of the intervention process. It is exactly the same basically we're going to tell you that you can't drink and we're going to tell you all the reasons that you can't drink or drug um, all the bad things that it's doing for you we want you to focus 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 on the fact that it's that it's it's a tragedy every time you pick up Um, and it's all about negative motivators Um, and I was just telling somebody this morning if negative if fear of negative outcomes or negative consequences motivated people then I, I speak for all women when I say no woman would have more than one child because for me, both yeah, both my pregnancies and deliveries were, were pretty awful. Um, and uh, But yet I did it again. So, you know, what motivates people, and, and the thing about it is treatment is afraid for people to talk about what was good about it. Yeah, they're terrified of that yeah. because, because they're, they honestly believe that you would pack your shit, leave, and go get high. Yeah. If you even mention that, uh, you know, you liked it. Um, so it's kind of like a gaslighting because you're told, you're told you couldn't have liked this. Right. There's no way you could have liked it. it. It was just, everything was bad about it. You rewrite your history when you go to AA meetings. You talk about how crappy it was when, by and large, the vast majority of my drinking was a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, I can remember when, when I actually quit uh, in 1988, um, and then there was a six month period between the car accident where I stopped drinking and drugging and where treatment, I had to go enter this clinic and I was in my first session and they said, <clears throat> you're an alcoholic. I said, no, I'm not. 
And they said, well, yeah, you are, you, 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 and you need this treatment. I said, I really don't. I'm here because of the courts. <laughs> you know? Well, and you, you probably didn't think you were because you stopped. Well, that's it. And then they said, <laughs> you, you couldn't have stopped on your own. I said, no, I, I did. I totally did. I, I did. You know, there wasn't anybody else inside of me. There was no, there was no, you know, there wasn't two minds in here. There wasn't any, you know, there was no rehab involved. There was no clinic involved. There was no court involved. There was no family involved. It was just me sitting by a cop car saying to myself, I'm done. And they said, that's not possible. And, <laughs> and then they worked but, on but me. But by for, the way, that's the way most people quit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. But they don't know that. See, they don't know the research. Rehabs are only taught one narrative, and that is abstinence or your life. Abstinence or your life. Abstinence or your life. And, you know, and they just repeat it endlessly until you believe it. And it took that particular treatment stay uh, nearly 18 months to break me and to make me believe that, um, which is very damaging to do to people. So now I'm not going to say that every rehab is as we're depicting it. There are probably some people out there, some professionals who are very good at what they do, um, some counselors that are very caring people. I've Absolutely. met them. Um, but, but the problem is that the narrative of disease and powerlessness and uh, loss of control is, is mythology that keeps people distracted from making a direct preference change. Do I see the benefits of abstinence or moderation over the benefits of getting high? If you don't address the benefits of getting high and look at why you like it, how can you change it? Because you're only motivated by benefits in life, you know? Now right, you and if you, if you become like unable to figure out what you like about it, which a lot of people by the time they get here, they're in that camp. They're like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really, there's not, there's nothing about it I like. Well, first of all, some of them really believe that, but some of them are saying it because they think that's what we want to hear. Yeah. Um, They've been trained to, to yeah, say Yeah, to say there's nothing about it. Like, it's terrible. Of course I need to stop. Of course I'll be happier. Like, some will say, of course I'll be happier if I stop. And it's like, well, no, let's back up because... If you knew for sure you'd be happier not drinking, you would you would not be drinking. Right. You know, that's just the reality of life. And so, so yeah, we wanted you to tell us exactly what you love about alcohol, about drugs, about being high, about the ritual that you have that's surrounding it, the fantasies you have surrounding it. We want to get to all of that because that is, because once we see that, it's kind of like in a relationship. If you don't have all the truth out there, you can't work on things, right? Right. It's like a long, bad relationship yeah. that just drags on and on and on because people can't see what the truth is. Right. Right. So, so that's, that's our goal. So that's so, so different. So back to the intervention idea, um, because we get that question a lot from families. Well, how, how do I get this person to come to your program? Um, and the number one way to approach somebody, the number one way to approach somebody about any problem is with kindness. Yeah. You know, if you go after somebody, no matter how frustrating it is, and look, at, I know I've had loved ones who who have, you know, had these problems and and it can be very frustrating and um, disheartening for the family and terrifying. And you have to kind of set all that aside and and really approach this person like, okay, this person's an adult because even if they're 16 years old, they're still making very adult decisions about substances. And it's like, if I approach them with kindness and respect, I'm probably going to get a lot further in a conversation than I am if I go after them attacking them. Right. You know, that's just common sense. Um, but the treatment industry doesn't 
use it. Right. You know, so, so no, we don't, we don't recommend an interventionist. I'm sorry for all the interventions out there. I'm sure there's some reputable ones. Um, I don't think I've met one yet, but um, it, it, it's the goal is to have a conversation that doesn't attack the substance use because you have to keep in mind that no matter how far this person's life has gone, you know, off the rails, um, that the one thing they're doing that they love is that substance. So if you attack that substance, it's no different than if you go to your kid and you hate their, you know, choice of mates and you say, I hate that person. You need to not be with them anymore. Well, what does your kid do? You know, they like dig their heels in and they might run off and get married. So, so it's the same idea. Um, Don't attack the substance. Sit with this person and, and say, you know, it seems like you're really unhappy. Um, You know, I'd really like to help you. Yeah. You know, find, find some happiness in, in your life. And how can we do that? And then, and then what people, after we have that conversation with, with the family and say that approach we say, listen, have have Johnny or Jane give me a call. Yeah. Let, let's just, if they're willing to simply have a conversation, and here's why. If you drink and drug for any period of time, you're going to be surrounded by other people who do the same thing. That's oh, that's just, for sure. That tends to be the nature of it. And you will have experience either yourself or your friends who have gone to rehab and had bad experiences. So their perspective of going someplace or getting help is a negative one. It's that person went to treatment, they came out, and they were worse. And they had horror stories about what happened at treatment. So what I have to show people, what Michelle has to, has to do in that conversation is say, hey, that's not what we do. Nope. We're not going to coerce, manipulate. You can have your cell phone. You can... You can drink a cup of coffee. You can smoke a cigarette out on the smoking deck. You know? Yeah. And these are all things that in rehab you can't do. It's bizarre. Um, but not only that, here, get a free copy of the entire curriculum before you come to the retreat. You can actually see exactly what we're going to teach you. And there's a ton of information on the web that shows all our videos and yada, yada, yada. So, so that's something that rehab doesn't do because they don't have a model. Right. They, they, there's no program you can, you know, look at. It, it really is. Mark Mark said something earlier that was really smart. It really is about the personalities of the, the counselors, of the treatment providers, and hopefully you get somebody that has their shit together and is kind. And, and then you're lucky. You're lucky. You're still getting the wrong information, but at least you're getting it from someone that seems to care about you. Right. And with us, it's it's more a case of here's the curriculum Plus, we're going to treat you with dignity. Plus, you're going to have your own room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I'm not doing an ad here either. It's God. It sounds like a commercial, for God's sakes. But, but I just want to show you that you don't have to be mistreated. I went through treatment and was mistreated. That's that was my singular focus when I designed uh, with my team, with my colleagues, Michelle, uh, Steve, Jerry, everybody. When we built this thing, it was to build the best way that people can learn. So you need an atmosphere where people are comfortable enough to learn. It doesn't have to be ostentatious. You know, you don't have to go to a place where they have helicopter rides to the top of a mountain. That doesn't do anything. Um, that's great vacation. Sure. But it has nothing to do with the reality of learning how to move past an addiction. So you don't have to go to those extremes, but you do have to go to the point to where people are comfortable. They have good food, good nutritious food, and then they, and then they can learn. 
you know, we can be in classes one-on-one and really discuss a curriculum that's that's based in fact. So um, if, you, if there are listeners out there that haven't been exposed to the Freedom Model, you can get a free copy of it just by going to the website, thefreedommodel.org, and uh, when you uh, download the book at checkout, just put in FREEDOM100, that coupon code FREEDOM, and then the digits 100, one word, FREEDOM100, and you can get it for free. So this is something we would tell a guest uh, before they even came here. We'd say, here, download the curriculum. Know what you're going to be learning. Yeah, because for some people, uh, the book itself is all they need. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, over ten thousand people have. Well, now almost fifteen thousand people have read our book, and and uh, in the last two years, and and have moved on with their lives. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty awesome, you know, and and that's free. Yeah, yeah, and and here's the other thing, and I think we did. I wanted to do this topic as much for for families as for uh, people that are struggling. Um, we have an, a free ebook for families. So if you have somebody that, you know, you're really worried about, you want them to, to get help. You don't even think they'd be open to our book or anything like that. Um, there is the free ebook is on our, the freedommodel.org forward slash ebooks. And it is a family edition and it talks about how you can approach somebody, um, more effectively, more openly, and all you really want to do with this person, your your goal when you're having that conversation is for them to open their mind to the possibility they could be happier, they could, that there's a way that they could learn how to be happy. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And, and because we are motivated by benefits, we are not motivated by costs. And families have watched their, their sons and daughters and they say, my God, they've, they've crashed four cars. They lost an arm. I mean, we hear all sorts all of bizarre of stuff yeah. and tragic stuff. And uh, yeah, people are not motivated by cost. They are motivated by finding a better way, something that is better than getting high. Yeah. And if it doesn't compete, it's not going to win. You know, so, um, so we show them that they're totally capable of picking things that are better options um okay so uh michelle did you have any more that you wanted to share i think that's it the other thing i wanted to say was you can also get the freedom model for the family for free uh at the freedommodel.org by entering the exact same coupon code freedom 100 at checkout um and that is specifically written for the family it gives a very uh it takes the the most important points out of the freedom model for addictions and we put them in there but we also talk about things that are unique to families which you know the all the labeling that families get enablers codependency um i i kind of debunk that stuff as well um you know to kind of take the turn down the temperature of things so to speak because a lot of times families blame themselves um and people will be very apologetic on the phone be like i've been an enabler and and i'm sure i'm the reason that my daughter's still struggling and it's like no and no um not not that there's you know she may be using some of what you're doing as a as a reason to use that certainly is it but she's a chooser she's you know she's doing what she wants to do based on what she perceives the benefits are of what what she's doing um so so you know i i want families to know um that that they shouldn't they shouldn't feel like um that it's their fault um and they shouldn't feel like um, you know, feel terrified for every decision that they make, you know? Yeah. Yep. 
So, all right. I guess that's it for today. We're up to about a half an hour. And look at, we've had, uh, be great if we could get some feedback because we're using brand new audio equipment. And um, so it, we're not like, I don't think we're as comfortable as we usually are. We've got headphones on and we're like at these giant microphones. <laughs> um, so let us know if this sounds a lot better. I'm really hoping that it does. Um, and as we get more acclimated to this system, um, you know, I, I'm sure it'll sound better and better. Um, if you need if you need help directly from Michelle or I, um, you can call us. You can call direct. We will answer the phone, and the number is 888-424-2626. So uh, we're happy to help and discuss your situation and figure out a solution. Yeah, and that toll-free line is open seven days a week, Monday through Thursday, 8.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, um, and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, Mark and I are the only ones with that line. We're going to be the ones that answer the phone. Um, All right. Thank you so much for listening today. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior, or you want help breaking free and moving past recovery as well, you can reach us at 888-424-2626 or through our websites, thefreedommodel.org and soberforever.net. Soberforever.net talks about our residential retreat, and there is even a... um, video tour on there for that so you can check that out the freedommodel.org is our hub and has a ton of free resources and information including videos these podcasts free ebooks and information about our at-home private instruction program digital editions of our books are available the freedom model for addictions and the freedom model for the family uh, for free as we said type in coupon code freedom 100 at checkout and those are at the freedommodel.org you can also get paperback kindle or other e-reader versions available on amazon or one of the other online retailers um you can follow us on social media including facebook twitter instagram linkedin and subscribe to the freedom model youtube channel we probably have more than 100 videos there now uh, that can help you including our 23 days to freedom that we did last year Um, it's still available up there we also have three facebook groups we started for people to discuss their experiences breaking free from addiction and perpetual recovery they are the freedom model group moving beyond addiction and recovery and families moving beyond addiction and recovery and if you feel like you need detox from alcohol benzos or opiates or anything else out there um, you can call our friends at gallus detox you can ask for my personal friend sandra she's wonderful um that's gallus detox g-a-l-l-u-s detox.com from everyone here at the freedom model we wish you well all right take care thank you